didn't see you there. Would you guys like to set sail on this ocean of flavor with me? I'll be your captain. I'm Steve Harrington. And I'm Colin. And I'm Whitney, and this is Scoops Ahoy, a Stranger Things podcast, where we go week by week, chapter by chapter, looking at every single episode of Stranger Things. We have reached the end. We've looked at every single episode. We've recapped every single season, and now we are back this week with a very special guest. So this week, we had the opportunity to sit down with and interview and chat with none other than Mr. Logan Riley Bruner, Fred Benson himself. It's a, it's a really fun interview. He kind of takes us behind the scenes and talks about other things that he's working on and everything Stranger Things and, and his favorite episodes and favorite moments and stuff like that, too. So sit back, relax, and enjoy our interview with Fred Benson, Logan Riley Bruner. What hey, uh, it's so good to see you again. It's so good to see you, too. It's been too long. I know. I'm so excited to talk to you. And the people, our listeners for Scoops are super excited that we are, that you're coming on. So, I mean, this is going to be awesome. It was, it was, you were the, one of two interviews I got to do before the show Nuh-uh. came up. Yeah. Look, I've even got you on my wall back there. Oh, it's insane. Yeah. I always call you my bestie when I'm talking to my daughter. I'm always like, oh, I'm just talking to my bestie, Logan. Like, <laughs> my bestie, Logan. we're just going <laughs> to hang out. It's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. So, how is it being a star of like the biggest show ever right now? Oh my gosh, it's insane. I mean, my life has dramatically changed, um, but in a really exciting way, I think. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I should probably introduce you. This is Colin, yes. my co-host. Hi. This How is Logan. It's nice, nice to meet you. Yeah. So are you getting recognized on the streets and... Uh, I've, I've gotten recognized more at my like normal person job than I have on the street. Really? I, on the street, I'm moving so quick. But yeah. at the job that I work, I have like a name tag and I like <laughs> people. And so there have been a couple of people who have come up to me and been like, I'm so sorry. Like, I don't want to bother you. Yeah. You look yeah. so much like the guy in Stranger Things. <laughs> no one ever believes it's actually going to be. Yeah. Like, like no, oh, I, you're, you're right. Because yeah. I, I am that guy. Were you like, would it help if I add a scar to my face? <laughs> glasses on. Glasses. Can I have glasses? So are you just reveling in the success of the show right now? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm still auditioning for things. I'm still like working and and doing the kind of actor thing. Things have picked up a lot since the show launched. I mean, of course, it's the yeah. biggest show in the world. Like everybody, yeah, very interested once they find out that you're on that show. Oh, for sure. Um, but I mean, I've just been like overwhelmed by the the crazy amount of love that I've gotten about it. I mean, the fan art, the like my TikTok has exploded. My Instagram's exploded. Like I'm used to being the kind of person that's like, oh, cool. I, I post something with my friends and I've got like a hundred likes. Yeah. And that's dope. And now it's yeah. like, I post something with my friends and I've got 5,000 likes in an hour. And it's- oh yeah. It's wild. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. <laughs> I've been liking the fan art Fridays that you do the, on your, on your Instagram. It's, I mean, some of the stuff's really cool. It's, I mean, it's some yeah, really good stuff. I mean- I've been super impressed by what people have been able to create. And it's it's just super humbling to be able to see all of it. And I wanted to be able to to share some of the stuff. Because I mean, a lot of people are just sending me DMs with stuff that's like, I drew this random photo. I didn't like it enough to post it. But like, I think it's cute. And I'm like, yeah, I couldn't do this. <laughs> For sure. So have you got any cons on your schedule? Are you coming to any like Comic-Cons or anything? 
Not right now. Um, yeah. I mean, I've had people approach me to kind of talk about whether or not I'd be interested in that. And mm-hmm. I would be, I think it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, but it's just finding the right person. It's finding the right person that's not just like, oh, he's a stranger things guy. Let me get him. That it's right. like, I actually have a good relationship with. Mm-hmm. Because I'd, I'd like to be able to do cons and I'd like to be able to meet people. But I also don't want my whole life to end up being like 25 cons straight where I'm yes. like flying a bunch of places and yeah. being like, but wait, I'm supposed to be acting too. I'm yeah. doing this thing that I really like. So so let's go back and ask again some of the questions that we tried to ask, or she tried to ask you back in April that you couldn't yes. answer. <laughs> I can answer them now. I yeah. know. <laughs> I mean, obviously you you spent some time with Natalia and Jamie. Can you talk a little bit about what it was like on the set and interacting with those people? And I mean, I'm certainly a fan of the show and, you know, being able to interact with Natalia or the Duffer brothers or, you know, that kind of stuff. So can you tell us a little bit about what, what the set was like and that kind of thing? I mean, I'm the same way. I was a huge fan of the show before it came out. I've, I've been a fan since season one, but to, to be there is just such a different experience to be able to like be around all those creatives and really embrace that kind of energy of creativity that they bring. Natalia's an amazing actor and she brings so much just heart and love to that part. And so it's really just a game of just taking what she gives me and responding to it. She gives so much to work with. Uh, And the Duffers know exactly what they're doing. They know exactly what they want and exactly how they want it. And they're not like dictators. They're not the kind of directors that are like, do it this way. Like they give you a lot of creative freedom, but the way that they've written it and the way they're shooting it and the way that they kind of set the tone for set lets you know exactly how it's kind of supposed to go. And you can, as an actor, that's a super great feeling to just be like, oh, great. I know exactly what you need me to do. And I can just step into that and put my own spin on it and give you what you want. And that's what that'll be. Every day, the Duffers would show up with a different like playlist. They'd have a different movie soundtrack playing. Oh, I'd I'd, like ask them what they were listening to in order to like kind of feel where they were. What were some of the the kind of things they were listening to? It was a lot of horror. I mean, it's a lot of Nightmare on Elm Street. It's a lot of Halloween and a lot of like these really kind of dark coming of age horror films that are like that stepping stone between like the Goonies and something like The Conjuring. You kind of need that like middle ground where it's like, okay, we're scary and people are dropping, but like, we're still a little fun. Yeah. Uh, There's still that campy like glory that the horror movies used to have. So yeah. I was shocked at how scary it was. It's like, I know everybody kept telling me I would talk to, you know, I talked to you. I talked to who else did I speak with before I talked to Regina Ting Chen. I, you know, I talked to them and they were like, no, it is scary. And I read all the interviews, but I'm still thinking, yeah, it's going to be scary, but it's stranger things. Right. And when I watched it, I immediately called my brother and was like, you cannot let Jack, my nephew, watch it because he's 10. I was like, it's too scary. Like he's watched the first three seasons, but this is a whole other level. It's a whole new level of of scary with the bones snapping and the eyeballs exploding. And there's a lot that went into You look like you've healed well, though. (laughs) My arms are good. My legs are pretty fine. Um, I applaud them for, for growing up with their audience. I think that a lot of the people that were like, their kind of core demographic when season one came out is now getting to that age where they're like, we want, we want a little scarier. Mm -hmm. We want our characters to really struggle. And so I think to really bring that about in season four, I mean, 
Grace, who plays Chrissy in episode one, has that brutal death, like to just kick things off. And yes. so to be able to be the number two for that was just yes. exciting. Can can you talk? I'm I'm kind of a movie geek behind the scenes kind of guy. So can can you talk a little bit about the filming of that? We saw like some behind the scenes footage of of Sadie when she gets, you know, lifted in the rigging and stuff. So can you talk to us a little bit about how they did it? I mean, how much was practical and and that kind of thing? I mean, it's it's a day in the CGI booth where you're getting like photos taken from every angle of you, and then it's just a day on a road, and so they hooked a harness uh, through my costume. And then just, we just raised and lowered for like two hours uh, in the in the Atlanta weather, uh, which gets very <laughs> humid. <laughs> yeah. But it was a lot of fun. I mean, it's, it's way more taxing on your body than you think it's going to be when you start doing it. You're like, oh, I'm just, I'm getting lifted. And then, and then that's that. But because of the way that the duffers really made this super intense scene there's a lot of motion that goes into it and a lot of dropping it starts to feel like you're on a boat oh that started to get a little like okay this yeah. is i feel like i'm seasick and yeah. I'm on land uh, and then it's like 10 degrees hotter once you start rising because heat rises mm-hmm. and so it's just it's a 75 degree night that ends up being 85 degrees once you get in the air um, so it's a lot more taxing on my body. I feel like they they knew exactly what they were doing and did it so so precisely that it's, it really ends up being simple. It's just like run the rigging through the costume, do the lift, do the drop, and just film it from a bunch of different angles in order to make it happen. I feel like the most interesting stuff to kind of create was the stuff in the grave and then like lighting the car on fire because all of that stuff is just so creative and so well done by so many people that it's it's super interesting to be around for all that to get to see how they kind of bring those intense moments to life. Yeah, and remember when we first talked, I was like, who is the person? Who is the silhouette in front of the burning car? And I was like, I feel like it's you. And you were like, I can't say. I can't tell you, but yes, it's definitely me. Yes, yes and there was so much you know, rigmarole about that scene. I mean, people were thinking it was everybody. And then I saw your name as a new character. I was like, I bet it's the new kid. I bet it's Fred. Yeah. So I mean, it was just, it was really funny to watch. Like, it's Will, it's Mike, mm-hmm. it's young Jonathan, it's this. It's, and I was like, you guys have no. no. Idea. Yeah. I mean, I saw people guessing it was Lonnie at one point. And I was like, <laughs> Has he been around? He hasn't even been around since season one. Like so. So I'm gonna I'm gonna ask, I'll ask one more kind of behind the scenes question. You mentioned the the filming in the grave with Jamie. Can yeah. you talk a little bit about how that was? I mean, that I, I mean, I, I would think even in that moment, you know, you got all the crew around you, all the cameras, it still must be kind of terrifying. I mean, yeah. I I spent most of that day, I had a playlist that was just an album that I would listen to in order to like really find Fred. It's the uh, the Sign No More record by Mumford and Sons. Like half the songs are like, you've abandoned me and I'm falling into darkness. And yeah. I was like, this is kind of perfect. And so I would listen to that on repeat, but the day, and especially for the day in the grave. And so you're really trying to find that emotional place. And then you just step into like an actual grave. Like they've built a hole in the ground where you can like step in and out of, but it feels like you're in your own grave. And so it's just kind of living in that environment. And then, I mean, the 
the effects in the prosthetic department just did so well with Jamie this year that, I mean, it's easy to, to be scared of him. I met him as Jamie, like mm -hmm. he was still in the whole Vecna getup, but I got to like speak to him as Jamie before we went. Yeah. The moment he gets into it, he's there. And it's it's a scary hearing that voice say your your name. Of course it's my character's name, but like yeah. moment, but hearing that is like no 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 go <laughs> away. Stop. <laughs> So when they would do, for some reason, I was thinking his voice was digitized when he was speaking, That's but it all him really he is a scary man. Yes. A man who knows how to distort his voice very, very well. Which is so funny because if once you see him, he's just like a little marshmallow. Like when you see him <laughs> in interviews, sweet British guy. Yeah. Really nice to meet you. And yeah. Like, cool. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right yeah that's hilarious and then you know he i guess he got really into his character just because he carried didn't he have like a jar of spiders that he kept with him or something this is what i've heard i have only i've only ever yeah. seen the like him on set like being chill when we worked it was very like i've heard the story of millie crying and like this, mm -hmm. like people freaking out about it for me it was just a great experience with a really good actor like yeah. I met him as Jamie and then like for the most part we were interacting as Logan and Jamie when we would talk we'd mm -hmm. get there and we'd do the scene and then we'd finish it and it would be a quick like that was a really good take yeah that was really great <laughs> it's like we'd just be two guys just like talking about that was fun like you're really great this was really awesome let's let's keep going this is awesome so I never really got that experience of like no, I'm in Vecna and I am Vecna, which I feel like could have been fun, but I also just had a blast just like getting to interact with this really sweet dude who I've loved since Sweeney Todd right? and being like, this is so cool. This is just like, my friends are going to be jealous because like, I'm in a scene with Anthony from Sweeney Todd. <laughs> so were you, before you, or while you were filming, did you have particular horror movies that were, that the Duffers used for inspiration that you would watch to kind of get the feel of how things should be or the feeling of, you know, the scene that you were in? Not really, honestly. I mean, I would listen to music. I'd try and like tone match them as much as I could. But in terms of watching things, I feel like their, their attitude and their look at that world is so specific that I really just wanted to follow that. Mm -hmm. I feel like from the moment I got there, I kind of understood how they wanted everything to go. And so I didn't really feel like I had to like really en envelop myself in that world of horror. I've been a horror fan for so long that I kind of like, I got the vibe when, when they were like, oh, you're in a trance and you're being like lured towards something. I was like, okay, I know, <laughs> I know this horror trope. Like I know yeah. that you're a murderer runaway trope. I've, I've met. I've seen that. I've seen it on the show. Um, and so there's very much, I feel like they've just established such an easy world to step into that I just kind of stepped in and played. And yeah. that was just a great experience. Do you have any like behind the scenes, like goodies or anything like fun that happened? That, I mean, obviously that you're allowed to talk about, but yeah, totally. anything like that fun or funny happened or like funny stories about any of the, of your coworkers? I mean, I've got, a, I've got a couple. Uh, the one that I like to talk about the most because it just makes me so happy is um, there was a night, it was one of the only nights that I got to shoot with the majority of the cast who were doing the basketball scene. That was really the only chance that I got to interact with anybody. It was the, 
the time that I met Caleb and we kind of got to talk about Concrete Cowboy and mm-hmm. just how how freaking amazing he is in that. It's when I met Amy Beth McNulty and Joe Keery and Maya Hawk and and I kind of got to really interact with all of them uh, because I got to work with Natalia so much and she's so fantastic. But all yeah. my scenes are with her. It's, mm-hmm. it's the two of us for the whole thing. So to be able to interact with them was a blast. Uh, and so there was one night that because of the scar, I have to spend a half hour in makeup getting that thing taken off. And so I we stepped off set. It was me, Joe Keery, Joe Keery Maya Hawk, and Amy Beth McNulty. Uh, and we all stepped off at the same time. Uh, and I was like, all right, guys, like, I'll see you tomorrow, I guess. I've got to go do this thing. Uh, and I expected them to just like go back home to the hotel because that's normally mm-hmm. what happens. If someone has to wait like a half hour, you just get a second car and you bring them back later. But I did my makeup thing and I stepped out and I was walking toward the van and I still saw all of them sitting there. And I was like, oh, like, did the van take too long? Like, yeah, I guess we must have really hurried through prosthetics. And Joe was just like, no, we 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 like asked if we could stick around just so that we could uh, all ride back together and make sure that everybody got where they were supposed to be uh, safe at the end of a long day. And I was like, that's awesome. And so, I love it. That's cool. So, Maya climbed into the back and was writing the album that she just dropped. So I'm like, say lyrics that now, like six months later, I'm like, oh my gosh, this was that (laughs) song. Um, And then me, Joe and Amy Beth just like talked about movies and and what we wanted to do with our careers and Mm -hmm. how we felt about this process. Like we kind of got to talk about what it was like because the two of them have really grown up in the spotlight and I'm kind of stepping into it. So it was a really, I think, humbling and I really appreciate conversation about just like what life kind of starts to turn into once this thing gets rolling. I feel like, especially from Amy Beth, I got a lot of those conversations of like, how does life change and how do people mm-hmm. start reacting to you and what's it like to kind of go from being a relatively normal human being to somebody who like is actively recognized by a lot of the world. I mean, she did Anne with an E for three seasons and that's a massive show. And so to be able to talk to her about that and just get her kind of expertise on what life might start turning into Mm -hmm. and how to be very careful about like not letting the the fame get overwhelming and, and not letting people get too close and knowing how to like keep fans as fans and at a distance and like understanding that relationship, I think was really important to me. And I really appreciate her for it. So did they give you any more backstory to Fred, like so that you could kind of prepare for your character than what we saw on screen? Oh yeah. I mean, me and the Duffers have talked through everything that happened the night of the crash. I need to Uh, know. I need to know what I needed to know what happened to Fred. As soon as season five comes out, and I'm positive that they're not okay. using it season five, I'll let you know. Okay. I've just been so careful because knowing them, they'll just let, like, I'll, I'll be like, oh, they're never going to use it. Here's the story. And then I'll get a phone call that's like, so actually, we were going <laughs> to all of that in season five. And you just spoiled all of it. Okay. Uh, yeah. Don't say anything you're not allowed to do. I'm not trying to get anybody in trouble, but I really want to know. I wanted to know more about Chrissy. I wanted to know more. I just loved the new character so much. And I was sad that they didn't get to stick around. I need the Duffers yeah, I mean, to stop introducing such likable people. And I feel like that was the real strength, I think, of splitting it into volume one and volume two. Because I feel like had they just released the entire season, and I know they intended to originally, Mm -hmm. and of course that would have been great, 
But I think both for the fans and for me, Grace and Miles, who plays Patrick, I think we really got a benefit of getting to be the characters that got fallen in love with. Mm -hmm. I feel like if you release that entire season in one burst, it just becomes justice for Eddie, which I think is yes. Yes. But having that kind of month gap where people got to really fall in love with Eddie and Chrissy and really got to fall in love with Fred and really fell in love with Patrick before we saw the Eddie death was a real like, okay, this has yeah. now sunken in and we've gotten to like really fall in love with this guy. And now we're going to experience him making this big sacrifice. I think it was really ultimately a good thing for them that they ended up having to split it because I feel like it made the fans just love the season that much more mm -hmm. I've talked about it with my mom in the past but like I feel like we're getting back to a place where people want weekly releases binging is so like you gotta watch it in one night or else you're gonna get spoiled, spoiled. especially with a show like Stranger Things like you don't it's really long and you don't want a single thing to get spoiled by someone online. So you basically have to like avoid Twitter for three weeks if yes. you're not able to catch up on the show fast enough. So mm -hmm. I think that being able to split it and being able to do two separate releases and maybe in the future doing weekly episodic releases like we used to have. Yeah. It's kind of an interesting and exciting thing to get to do. I can't I can't decide if I would love it or if I would hate it I feel like it would just be one or the other because I'm just so used to binging right everything like I mean I and it, especially for work too if if I get something and I have to get you know articles out trying to beat somebody else I've just got to sit and watch them all in one fell swoop but it also kind of messes with you because you kind of forget what happens in certain episodes like you could tell me something and I'm like it was in volume one but I don't know what episode it was in Right. I mean, and there's also just like, I at least miss the like water cooler chats. The like, mm -hmm. I just finished episode two. Like, I can't wait to see what happens on episode three, which I feel like we really got with the end of volume one. Mm -hmm. Full season, you get to the end and it's like, okay, what's going to happen next season? That's a huge conversation yeah. to be able to be like, did you see Fred's death last night? Like, yeah. I can't wait to see where they go from here. Uh, I miss those conversations. So that's true. I'm hopeful that yeah. we'll be able to to do more of that in the future, especially with a show like this where it just ends. Like each episode, technically each episode ends on a cliffhanger. So right. if you had to wait a week for each one, there would definitely be. Yeah, can you imagine like the world going nuts after Chrissy's death? After <laughs> yeah, it'd be a week <laughs> of just a week of like, oh my god, insanity. Yeah. A week of Chrissy wake up. Yeah. yeah. It has been, that song lives in my head. Like it, it never vacates. It is, I wake up to it and I go to bed with it in my head. I walk around my house just going, Chrissy, wake, wake up. up. <laughs> I don't like this. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's so great. So I, we didn't, we didn't ask you yet. I mean, you're, you're, you know, officially the poster boy for chapter two. I mean, yeah. Whitney's got it right over her shoulder there that's that's gonna be kind of neat right I mean to... it is I mean I have a poster of me in my bedroom that's the weirdest thing <laughs> I've said it's like I got a poster of my face that I didn't pay for <laughs> in my room. um it's it's bizarre uh one of my director friends who lives out in LA sent me a photo of Sunset Boulevard and the giant billboard and I was like this now it's real yeah and that was the point that I was like okay like the social media is one thing, the like 
the the articles and the like hearing about the character that's one thing but like billboard on sunset boulevard the place to be as an actor is like just a complete game changer i feel like you could just have that picture on your resume and that's like just just this is me people this is me right i mean it was like that poster came out and then all of a sudden my phone like started ringing just a little bit more it was like okay (laughs) now now we're starting to see the the stuff start coming in yeah Uh, which is super exciting i mean i'm honored butcher billy is an absolutely incredible artist I think all the work he did on all the posters is amazing, but to like, I saw the the Chrissy one for chapter one and I was like, oh, that's cool. Like she gets the hand in front yeah. of her face and then to just be like, oh no, chapter two is my face. <laughs> it's just me. Yeah. With like Vecna in my glasses. And I think that's just so cool. It, it's such a cool style too. I, I wish he would go back honestly and do one for every episode. For, oh I mean, gosh, obviously yeah, yeah, that would be, be a cool. ton of work, but I would love to see it. So, how how are we going to reverse engineer stuff so you and Eddie can both come back in in chapter or season five? I mean, I will say this: I have zero idea what's happening in season five. I haven't talked to anybody. I don't know anything. I haven't. Nobody knows anything, mm-hmm. uh, or at least I know nothing. I will say that I know zilch. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it would be super interesting in this final battle with Vecna to bring back everybody that Vecna's taken out which would be Barb which would be Bob which would be Billy which would be like all of the people from season three mm-hmm. because like when we look back the Mind Flayer Demogorgon Demodogs all of those are connected to Vecna yeah so they're able to in that final battle have like Joyce have to confront Bob and have uh, Nancy have to confront Fred and Barb and all the people that have lost somebody and really had to deal with this trauma, having to face it again. I think that would be a super cool thing. And I mean, I'm all for the theory where Eddie turns into a vampire and ends up fighting Vecna and killing him. I think that's amazing because I love Joseph Quinn. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think he was such an amazing addition to the season and to bring him back for five, I think would be really, really smart, but we'll see. Hopefully. I just can't imagine they would do that. Like, I think we'll see him in a flashback, but turning into yeah I just would be shocked people are people are, people are really reaching because they want they want eddie back oh, and yeah. i understand i mean they introduced a character who we should have known in the first episode the moment that he goes i'm gonna walk across that stage yeah. that no you're not no <laughs> you are no. the nice interesting character who's doomed yes from yeah. the moment we meet you. It's like when we met Bob and we were like, oh, oh no. <laughs> and we love you. You're, 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 you have no shed. You're not making it. You're no. definitely sacrificing yourself by the end of this season. Yeah. I could see him coming back in a, in flashbacks though, but the, yeah. the, the theories online, like they are so like there's so many that I'm like, really guys, come on. Like you, I, I, I would love for Eddie to come back, but it's just, it's the same people that are mad that the Duffers don't kill enough people too, is what cracks me up. (laughs) It's the same people that they're like, well, they don't kill enough to make the stakes high enough, but then they want, you know, the other people brought back. Don't touch Steve, but bring Eddie back to life because we're mad that he Yes. Yes. Yeah. Steve, I'm holding on to that 2018 interview from the Duffers saying that they, or from Sean Levy saying that they will not 
kill Steve. Steve. Yeah. Yep. That's so do you want to talk, uh, Logan, about anything else that's coming up where we might see you next? What's yeah. uh, what's going on with Black Wolves? You know, any of that kind of stuff? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I a lot of the stuff that's happening for me right now is under wraps. There's some really exciting things happening. I filmed a, a little TV show a couple weeks ago uh, that was a lot of fun that I'm not allowed to talk about because, of course, yeah. Uh, apparently every project that I do makes me sign NDAs now. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> sure. I'm not allowed to talk about that. Uh, I just, I'm in conversation with somebody about doing a movie, uh, and that would be a ton of fun. That would be a really great opportunity I'd shoot toward the end of the year. Uh, I'm talking to a director about shooting a feature script that I wrote, and so we're we're pitching that around. Uh, and then Black Wolves is uh, approaching its third, the start of its third year. So we're finishing up some interviews. We're working on a web series that I get to shoot next week that we've kind of been teasing over on our Instagram and stuff. And then uh, we have to do, uh, we do this series of interviews every year with everybody in our collective where we basically like ask the same questions over and over. And so my third year is coming up. I have to do my third interview. And last year I was looking back at it and last year I was like, oh, how many Instagram followers do I have? 1,200. (laughs) And now it's like, that has changed significantly. <laughs> uh, and I also, we, we talk about like favorite artists that we've worked with. And, and last year I was still under the NDA. So I had to bleep out my entire answer, but it was like, it was talking about getting to work with the people from Stranger Things. And so I'll get to talk about that a little bit more in a couple of weeks. So that's really I, what's going down. I am so excited for you. I love it because you seem to love it so much. And it like genuinely makes me happy that you're just so thrilled to be doing this stuff. And it's just before it's before, you know, Hollywood's gotten a hold of you where you're like, oh, it's just the same old, same old, you know? I mean, I was I've I've wanted to do this for I say since I was 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was talking to my buddy Remy Grillo, who is the son of Frank Grillo, the actor. And uh, he was telling me that his dad, Frank, when he saw the announcement that I was on the show was like, good for him. He's wanted, that kid's wanted to be an actor since he was like three years old. And I was like, have I? I like, <laughs> you guys could tell before I could? I thought it was like 10. And he was like, no, yeah. Like the moment I met Logan, I thought he wanted to be an actor and that he was going to be good at it. And I was like, that really means a lot. So thank you. That's cool. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's been it's been a super incredible experience. It's I feel like the acting industry is so much just guesswork of like what's going to hit and what's not. And I was definitely before the show came out like, OK, uh, so this is a huge deal. But people are either there's three options. Either people love Fred, they hate Fred or they don't care. And who, I think who hates Fred. Oh, my TikTok really? is uh, <laughs> full of people oh, who gosh. would love to tell me that, no offense, I thought Fred was incredibly annoying. And I'm like, listen, if you don't like Fred, that's fine. I'm okay whatever. with that. But like, I'll whatever. Him. I had, <laughs> thank you, Whitney. I had fun. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's just, it's been, it's been really good to finally see all that work kind of come to fruition. And this, this like journey that I've been on for so long, take that next step, I think has been a super exciting process. And I'm just, I'm thrilled to be here and to be, to be able to talk about it now. 
I love it. Yeah. Okay. So it, oh, go ahead. No, I was gonna say it was it was great getting a chance to talk to you. It's just it's just always kind of fun to like I I love all the behind the scenes stuff and that kind of thing. So uh, yeah. I, I really appreciate you you know sharing that kind of stuff. It's it's just great. Yeah. Do and you want to tell? Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I keep interrupting. Oh, I was gonna say this week I'll probably be sharing more behind the scenes from the the oh. the lifting scene because uh, I think that's the last like set of photos that I have. So. Be on the lookout for more of that. Actually, that is perfect to lead into. Tell everyone where they can find you on Twitter, Instagram, wherever you want them, your YouTube channel, your podcast, all that stuff. Totally. I am on pretty much every social media, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook as Logan Riley Bruner, at Logan Riley Bruner. It's fairly easy. I have a website, loganreillybruner.com. I am also now, this is a new development. I'm on Cameo. Um, which is super fun. Yeah, I'm giving half the money to a really great charity called Bean, the Black Emotional Mental Health Collective, which I've gotten to work with in the past. And it's just, it's super fun to be able to give people like birthday shout outs. Yeah. Uh, and then of course, Black Wolves Productions is also on Instagram and YouTube. We're doing new stuff. We're releasing stuff this week. And so uh, you can find us there. That's where I do a lot of my creative stuff right now. But hopefully within the next like two, three weeks, I'll be able to start talking about some of the stuff that I'm going to be filming or that I've been filming and get to catch people up on what's going on. People keep being like, I want to see you in the next thing. And I'm like, it's coming. I just can't say what it is yet. <laughs> yes. You have to let me know. I'll cover it. Especially oh, totally. TV. Yeah. Let me know. So, I mean, I don't have any questions anymore. Like we've covered everything. Do you have anything, Colin? No. Anything else that you want to say, Logan, that we didn't get to or... No, uh, I'm I'm excited that you were the first person, Whitney, that I got to talk to about demo bats before I even for a thing. See, told you, I was like, you I, it. You I know, it. and I was actually pretty close about demo spiders too. You were. It was it was close. I knew like there was some sort of spider element going to happen in season four. So, uh, and yes. I just I'm I'm really excited for season five. It's awesome getting to talk to you guys, Colin. It's great to get to meet you. Whitney, as always, it's been a blast and we'll have to do this again for season five. Yes, for sure. All right. Bye, Logan. It's good to talk to you again. Bye, Whitney. Bye, Collins. Yeah. Okay, guys. Hope you enjoyed that. That was our talk with Logan Riley Bruner. And now let's talk a little bit about where we go from here. So we asked, you guys answered. And as Logan mentioned, Nine Rail on Elm Street was such a huge part of Stranger Things season four, that is going to be the first movie that we dive into. And we're going to take a look at all of the different aspects that Stranger Things pulled from Wes Craven's original slasher film. And we would love it if you guys watched it so you could kind of play, I don't know, play along is the right word, but participate. And it is streaming on Netflix and on HBO Max. I remember this is the 1984 original, which has a beautiful young Johnny Depp in it and Heather Langenkamp, Robert England. So you'll get to see Victor Creel in all his glory as Freddy Krueger. But we will be back with that episode on September 8th. As always, you can contact us on social media. You can find us at Scoops Hoy Pod on Twitter and Facebook. If you want to email us, you always can. You can email us at scoopshoypod at gmail.com. If you like this podcast and like what you hear, we would love it if you liked it and gave us a review on iTunes because that helps us get in front of other listeners like yourself. So as always, I want to thank everybody for listening and I hope you tune in next time. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.
Stranger Things audio clips and official score are the property of Netflix. Incidental music by Blue Mount Score from Pixabay.